Listen in to the forum at St. James Church. Good morning, friends. Why don't we get started? The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, we give you thanks for this season of Lent, for this season of returning and rest, of being more and more rooted and grounded in your love for us, your presence in our lives, and your call to follow you as disciples. We pray that your Holy Spirit would be poured out on us this day as we reflect on your word and your call in our lives, that we would know your presence and hear your call and have the strength to follow you. And we ask it all in your son Jesus' most holy name. Amen. Amen. So I hope in your uh, bulletins, if you are at 910, and I trust when you, uh, if you are at 1115, you'll see this insert. It says on the front, rooted and grounded, reconnecting with Christ, one another, and God's creation. And it has a verse from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, which goes like this, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. This insert tells you about a few different tracks you might follow this Lent to uh, keep a Holy Lent and to find yourself more and more rooted and grounded in God's love for you. One of them is this forum series on Sunday. I'll say more about that in a moment. But some of the others are really important too. Another track is a focus on creation care. And for this, we have our own uh, Sarah Holiday to thank for pushing and providing resources to think about how to uh, reduce our use of plastic. You may know that today, New York State law changes about plastic bags. So this is a wonderful time to think about our own use of plastic and our own care of God's creation. Another is to explore the ancient practice of spiritual direction uh, and to think about whether you might uh, find a spiritual director who you would come alongside as a companion in your journey. Another is to think about the rite of reconciliation and confession. These are ancient practices that call us to think about the presence of God in our lives and call us to respond. So I commend this to you, um, and I'm thankful to Melinda for letting me borrow her copy. <laughs> Here in the forum, uh, we are joining with Episcopal churches around the country in something uh, called Signs of Life. There are brochures on your table. This is a curriculum and a series developed in consultation between the brothers, the monks, at the Society of St. John the Evangelist in Cambridge, Massachusetts, which is one of our great Episcopal monastic communities, a place where I try to go every year for my retreat and where I'm a, a fellow, as well as the faculty at the Virginia Theological Seminary in Alexandria, Virginia. And the idea, they have done Lenten series for now about six or seven years together. And this year's, the idea behind it is to explore the foundational symbols of our tradition and how they show up in the Bible and the Anglican spiritual tradition and how they call us to a deeper sense of what God is doing in our lives and how God is calling us to follow him, how God is asking us and inviting us 
to be rooted and grounded in him. So we're going to look at foundational things, sort of elemental things like light, that's today, and water, and food, and shelter, and community. You'll see in this insert that there are, um, there are a number of things to be commended. One is that each week there's a video. Uh, I almost thought about showing you the video tonight, this morning rather, but I decided against it for two reasons. One, it's a little long for our time together. They're 15 minutes each. And I thought that might feel a little like the substitute teacher just putting a video on and, <laughs> and sitting down. Um, but the other reason is I don't trust our technology in this building. <laughs> and I've, had, I've been burned enough times trying to show you things on screens. But I commend these videos to you. The website, uh, ssje.org, is on here. And you can go watch these videos each week. If you open up your brochure, you'll see that there's a calendar. Everybody with me? There's a calendar for all the days of Lent. And you'll see along the left-hand column, each week is framed by one of these elements, right? This week is light, next week is water, the week after food, then shelter, then community. But then each day of the week is framed by one of the presiding bishops' uh, practices in the way of love. We've talked about this in many different ways and many different times. Worship, pray, learn, turn, bless, go, and rest. Um, so what the monks have done and what VTS has done is to give you a daily invitation based on the element, right, light, and based on the practice from the presiding bishop's way of love to do something each day that might connect you to God, to your faith, and to God's call in your life. So each Sunday is watch the video, right? You with me? So I really commend this to you. Um, because I think this is a really straightforward, not super complicated, uh, accessible, and yet deeply provocative way to keep the season of Lent, this fast of 40 days, this journey toward Easter. So I really do commend this to you as a way to, uh, to observe this season, among others, among thinking about think your own care of creation and your use of plastic, whether you might find a spiritual director or do the rite of reconciliation. So uh, Lent 2020, signs of life. I commend it to you. Any questions about that before we talk in a little more depth about light this morning? I've stunned you into silence. That's not like you. Excellent. So uh, today is light. Today is the topic of light. And I want you to take just a moment to think about this prompt. I'm going to give you uh, uh, 30 seconds or so to think about this prompt. And then you're going to turn to your neighbor and you're each going to share your answer. One of you will share while the other listens. And then you'll flip it and let the, the other person share while the other person listens. That makes sense? So this is the prompt. Tell about a story, or tell a story rather, about a time that you needed light. And how did you find it? Tell a story about a time you needed light and how or where did you find it in your life? So take a minute, think about that.
Now turn to your neighbor and each take a turn sharing a story about a time you needed light and how and where you found it. Okay, so let's come back together. It strikes me as being a, an observer that there was a lot of energy in the room. Um, and so I'm not gonna ask you to share uh, particular stories, because I think those, that's best left for the sacred space of your dyad. But I'm curious what it felt like to talk about light. Think on that meta level. What did it, what did it feel like to talk about a time when you needed light and where you found it? Or didn't. Or didn't. Yeah, thank you, Jen. Yeah, Mary. A little fear involved in talking about a time where it felt dark. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Then God sends it to you. So, so your experience, Barbara, has been that when you needed light, you found that God sent it to you. Oh, yeah. And how did that feel? Oh, like Ticketron. Like what? Tickatron. It was so fast. I don't even know what that means, but okay. Okay. That's it. Awesome. He gets you right away. He gets you. Okay, why don't you? I, I realize that uh, when you find yourself in the dark, um, suddenly you can feel extremely lonely. And that's, you, you want something to alleviate your being by yourself. Yeah, the loneliness, the loneliness of the dark. Yeah, the light, light shows that there's other things around, other people around, yeah. And, the, and that the, for me at least, the light was not necessarily coming from um, a situation that I was very comfortable with. It came from an outside source, which I felt that God placed in my path at that moment mm. to provide the light. So sometimes light surprises. Yes. It comes beyond what we expect exactly. or is ordinary. Okay, yeah. thank you. Maybe one or two more? Well. Every time I feel dark and down, there is one thing that I do willingly. I go to pray. I pray, mm. and that helps me. Other times, it's not me searching through a prayer, but it's something that happens. A beautiful music, beautiful view, a child smiling. These things bring light to me, and I forget the sadness that caused my being down. So that the light can come from many sources. Oh, yes. For you, often it's prayer, but sometimes it can be yeah. things yes, that, that I beyond. Yeah. Prayer, I yeah. The other things that come God. Yeah. Well, what a beautiful image to lift up, right? That there are things we can actively search out, and then other things that just surprise and come our way, right? Any last thought on feelings? Yeah. I think the light sometimes comes through a circuitous route. You got to knock on the door several times until. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the things I commend to you in the video from, from the brothers at SSJ is several of them speak about long periods of darkness in their life in really beautiful and compelling ways about um, their sense of trust that God is with them even in the darkness or even when they don't feel God's presence um, and how sometimes the moments, there are lots of searching and lots of knocking on different doors and, and then sometimes it, it comes in the least expected way. Right, that that's not an aberration or a failure. That's actually part of the spiritual journey, right? Um, one even speaks of the ancient Cistercian practice. I love this, that he brought it up, that um, recognizing that all of life has balance 
and that sometimes the absence of light is there to give us the craving for light, right? Or to teach us to long or desire or hunger for the light. And if we had light all the time, we would never have that craving or that desire. It's an interesting idea. I wanna, I wanna think a little bit about where light shows up in our tradition. How about the Bible? Let's start with the Bible. We, we love the Bible. Where does light show up in the Bible? At the very beginning, Genesis. What does God say? Let there be light. That's the first thing that's created, right? So the God who will often later be identified in Scripture as light, uncreated light, creates light is the first thing. Is there sun and moon yet? No. So that, that is always perplexing. I don't have an answer for you. It's fascinating. What does that light look like? What does that mean? Right, that there's no sun and moon. Um, those get created later as greater and lesser lights. But, but the first thing is just light itself. Evelyn. I, I would say it's uh, God's presence. He, made known, he is the light. Right, God is yeah. light and makes Not light visible for us. Moon, but it's, it's yeah. God. Yeah. God's Yes. So God creates light. God is light. Where else does light show up? Let's think through the Bible. Well, it's always around. For instance, I'm looking at these. Mm. So there's a, Wadi's lifting up this idea that throughout scripture, there's an idea that light surrounds holy things, right? So what are some great examples of that? We talked, several of us yesterday about Moses, right? Moses goes up on Mount Sinai to receive the law. And what happens when Moses spends that time with God up on Mount Sinai? He comes down shining, shining right? Shining. Glowing. That's a great example. Others. Jesus, Jesus on the transfigure, mountain of transfiguration. We'll come back to that one. Others. The burning bush that's blazing but not consumed, right? A light that, that burns in the world as a sign of God's presence. You are the light of the world, Jesus says. He also says, I am the light of the world. The star at Epiphany. Excellent. So we have, yeah? Well, I was thinking of the halo that is viewed on the saints. Right. So in iconography, we have halos around saints uh, to indicate. No, but also around Christ and on the Madonna. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Darkness at noon and then the light in the garden in the morning. Ah, beautiful. So in this story of Jesus' crucifixion, we have uh, the light evacuating the world at noon until three o'clock as he suffers and dies, uh, and then the brightness of Easter morning, right? So the Bible is full of these images of light, right? Um, one thing I think that's worth noting is that scripture doesn't speak with one voice that always says light is good and darkness is bad. It's not quite that simple, right? Some amazing things happen in the dark, don't they? Yeah. What? Think, think about that resurrection account. When the light of Easter morning comes, Jesus is already raised, right? He's, he's left the tomb. The stone is rolled away. The clothes are folded up. He's gone. He's left the building. The angels are there to tell the women about what happened, right? Resurrection happens in the dark. Right? Think about the rhythm of creation itself, right? In Genesis, 
God establishes at the very beginning of time rhythm, light and dark, right? And the darkness is called good also. What happens in the dark for us? Don't overthink this. What do we do in the dark? We sleep. I love sleep, <laughs> right? Sleep is a beautiful, beautiful thing that is necessary, right? That's necessary for life. What happens to seeds in the dark soil? They germinate, they germinate right? They can't do it in the light. They need the dark, right? So it's not so simple as light is good, dark is bad. It's some balance in creation itself that we need the light of God. We need light itself. And sometimes we need the dark of rest and maybe even the dark of a sense of absence of God to give us hunger and desire to know God and to love God. And I think one of the things that, um, that we really need to open ourselves up to is that sense of rhythm and of balance in life. Sorry, Juicy. Well, I was thinking Up, uh, getting ready for the night, mm -hmm. which brings to the light of resurrection, the night of passion, yeah. which brings to the light of resurrection. Yeah. That's there too. There is a contrast between the night and the light. Right. Right. Beautiful. And also, wasn't Jesus born at night? I mean, according yeah. to our work. Yeah. That's. We don't know according to tradition, but what does scripture say about Jesus, right? In this court of darkness and light, like he is the light that, that shines that darkness can never overcome, right? Um, so think about the seasons of the church year. You could actually talk about each one as a story of light, right? What is Advent? We pray that God would scatter the darkness of, of sin and sadness, right? We pray for the coming of the light. What's Christmas? The true light is born, right? The light that darkness can overcome. What's Epiphany? We hear about that star, right? We're following a star to know God. Like the Magi, we're coming to see God. And what do we see in the stories of the Epiphany? But God as a light shining that darkness can overcome, right? The, call, or the uh, preface we always pray or sing in the Eucharist is that we would see the knowledge or that we would come to know the glory of God shining in the face of Jesus Christ, right? That's the thing we say all through the Epiphany season. Lent, we're journeying into something of darkness. Easter, the morning of Easter, right? The true light returns. Christ is the world's true light. And think about liturgically, what do we do at the Easter vigil? We start in the dark, right? Where resurrection happens and we light a fire and what do we do? We light that Paschal candle that will burn for 50 days and we carry it into the dark church and we sing the light of Christ. Thanks be to God. And we sing it three times and we go up a half step each time, right? <laughs> the light is coming back and we spread the light in the room and we hear the whole story of God by candlelight. And then when we announce the resurrection, the lights come on. You might think of Easter as a season of growing light and then Pentecost, what happens at Pentecost? Flung tongues of fire come down to empower the disciples to do what? Go and share the light, right? The one who says, I am light. I am the light of the world. 
in John's gospel, in Matthew's gospel, as Sarah said, says, you are the light of the world. Go share it. You are the light of the world. Don't hide it under a bushel basket. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hill. Blaze forth, share the light of Christ that you have. I wanna spend just a moment thinking with you about the story of the transfiguration because I think this can be a helpful way to take this spiritual practice of thinking about light and dark into your week. What happens on the Mount of Transfiguration? Jesus goes up and what happens? He blazes forth, right? He becomes filled with light, a kind of uncreated light. And who sees it? Well, so Moses and Elijah are there. They're, they're also in light. And who's with them? Peter, Peter and James and John. And they have this moment of, of brightness, right? They have a mountaintop experience, we sometimes call it. Does it last? No. What do they do? The light goes away, right? And they do what? They go down into the, into the mess of life. The very first story after the transfiguration in all the Gospels is a healing story, right? They come back down off the mountain into the messiness of light. And what happens in that story? Jesus heals, right? The light that had shone on the mountain gets manifested in the world, right? It gets manifested in the world. And if you think ahead in the story, what do Peter, James, and John do? They go out and share light, right? They become not just disciples, students of Jesus. They become apostles, ones who are sent out, ones who proclaim the gospel, one who pass the light to others. They are changed by seeing the light, right? That they, in seeing the countenance of Jesus by shining brightly, have their own countenance changed. And I think one of the things for us to think about as a spiritual practice in Lent, as we think about light, is to remember that God in Christ looks on us in love. One of the great uh, 19th century evangelical uh, preachers once said that God chooses never to see us except to see us as Jesus. That's what the Father chooses, right? That, that Jesus is gathering up our humanity and the Father in looking at you and me who are a hot mess, <laughs> chooses, you're not, you're less of a hot mess. <laughs> right? That, choose, that, Je- that the Father chooses to see in us, in all of our messiness, the beloved Son. Looks on us with the bright, radiant, love-filled countenance of God. Right? And that as we pray, Christ looks on us with the same. And think about, think about in your life, somebody who can light up a room. Right? When you see their face and they smile, they light up a room. What the gospel invites us to imagine is that that is God looking at us. In love, despite our mess. That God looks on us with that kind of love that lights up our lives. And in so looking at us, what happens when you walk into a room and you see that person that lights up the room with their smile? You respond, right? You smile back. You change. 
it is passed on, right? The light passes on. It doesn't diminish, it just grows. Like a candle lighting another candle. Light from light, the creed says, right? Father to son to us, right? It doesn't diminish, it just grows. So the invitation of Lent, I believe, in thinking about light, is to believe that the Father through Christ looks at us with that bright countenance of love that we would have our countenance changed and go out into the world as beacons of light, that we would hear the word of the one who is light, who tells us we are light, and that we would go out and share that light, that we would go out and be bright. Not that the world needs to be bright and blazing all the time, right? Because sometimes light is most beautiful in darkness, right? Think about that Easter vigil. Think about candlelight communion, right? Sometimes it can be really beautiful to have small light in a dark space and it feels like a womb, right? And yet we know that in the darkest places of our lives, Christ's light can shine and we can come alongside those who are in darkness and shine too. So I want to leave you with this uh, practice sheet to take with you this week to remind you in scripture and prayer to pay attention to the light. In fact, to look for lights wherever you are. And how we're gonna end is we're gonna stand and pray this collect together. Let us pray. Christ, our true light, when the lights of this world blind and bewilder, and its darkness brings us no peace. Train our eyes to behold your brightness and enfold us in the healing shadow of your wings, that we may love you by night as by day, who with the Father of lights and the Spirit of truth shine upon us, one God, through endless ages. Amen. My friends, go in peace. Next week, water. To learn more about St. James Church, visit stjames.org. That's stjames.org.